Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and this is the Chase the Summit Trail Talk podcast, where it's sort of like you're just out on a run with me, and I'm talking your ear off, and it's only me talking because I'm the only one with a microphone. I'm sorry. Today, you're going to have to bear with me because I've got a bit of a cold. I've actually been sick all week, and don't worry, it's not that dreaded, uh, you know, that stuff that's out there. I won't even say the word. Um, it's just a bit of a cold because I have four kids and they go to school and they bring things home. So here I am with a cold. Anyways, uh, bear with me because I will be sniffling and making terrible sounds all throughout this podcast. So today we've got sort of a mishmash mix up of an episode. I don't even know what that all means, but, uh, yeah, we'll just be talking about some of the news that's happened this week. Some notable things that I've noticed in the industry of fitness tech and wearable technologies and trail running and things like that. That's what this episode is going to be about today. Before we dive in, I do want to give a huge shout out, the biggest shout out ever to the Patreon members of the podcast and the YouTube members over on the YouTube platform. If you don't know what it is, uh, there is a very select group of people that actively support me on Patreon and YouTube for what it is that I'm doing here. And if you want to help support what I'm doing here, you enjoy this podcast or you enjoy the YouTube channel and you feel like contributing a couple of bucks every month and being on a very short list of very helpful people that I try to interact with on a more personal basis behind the scenes, check out the link at the bottom of the show notes to head over to patreon.com slash chase the summit, I think is the link. And that's where you can sign up. Uh, over there, you can message me directly. And I also do post exclusive content behind the scenes. I'm going to be doing more and more of that as we go as the Patreon uh, grows because a lot of people recently have joined, which is very exciting. So thank you very much for that. Okay, with that plug out of the way, I do want to mention my second plug, which is the Chase the Summit merch store. Go over to chasethesummit.com slash shop and use discount code LISTEN10 at checkout. That's listen ten one zero at checkout to get 10% off your whole order. That discount code is only for you, listeners of this podcast. I don't advertise that discount code. I don't put it in on YouTube, nowhere, only for people that are listening to this podcast will know about it. Uh, so it's just a thank you for, you know, tuning in. And if you enjoy the podcast and want to wear some of the swag, I've got hats, I've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, go check it out. And, uh, thanks for the support. Okay. Quick update from me in terms of training and kind of my everyday life. Uh, like I said, I've been sick all freaking week. Uh, today is Friday and I started feeling not well like last Sunday. I basically lost my voice entirely on Monday and Tuesday, which was just so much fun. And if you've been following me on YouTube and you watched my recent video titled uh, uh, Apple Watch Comparison or Apple Watch, Apple Watch Ultra Band Comparison, where I compare all the different bands that are on, available for the Apple Watch Ultra, I that video took me like over an hour. It took me like an hour and 20 minutes to film because every two seconds I had to hit pause and like blow my nose and drink some water because I had no voice. It was a real struggle. So I hope that didn't like, I, I hope people didn't notice that because I tried to be as uh, covert as possible, but it was a real struggle to get that video out there. But I wrote the video and I was excited to make it. So I still did it. Maybe I should have waited a couple of days. Uh, but that's really it. I mean, I've been sick all week, so I really haven't been running that much. I tried to run 
uh, I think Wednesday, I was like, you know what? It's nice out. I'm going to go out and get a, a 10K. I wanted to run six miles or a 10K. I got 1.5 miles in and I felt terrible. So I was just like, all right, pull the plug, go home. And uh, I went home and drank some tea instead to try to mend the wounds. So hopefully, um, you know, I'm starting to physically feel better, but I'm still a little bit junky in my sinuses and throat and stuff. So it's been, it's been kind of a struggle of a week, uh, but we're getting through it. Don't worry. Okay, diving right into the news this week, I want to cover some running news before we get to the fitness tech, because I found this story to be really impressive. So this story comes to you from the I Run Far website, and it's about this guy, C.J. Albertson. So C.J. Albertson set a new world record in the 50K distance, and in get this, two hours in 38 minutes. He ran 31.1 miles in two hours and 38 minutes. That is incredibly fast. And for context, the fastest 50K I've ever run in my entire life was five hours and one minute. This guy ran one in two hours and 38 minutes. That's incredibly fast. He ran this at the Ruth Anderson Memorial Run 50K. And I don't know how technical or how gnarly the terrain is at this race, but I have to assume that it's pretty mellow. It's not like a real wild course or anything for him to run this fast, or maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong. The world record for the 50K was previously held by Katama Nagasa of Ethiopia in two hours and 42 minutes. So CJ shaved almost a full two minutes off of the world record, which is really impressive. And get this, it, this amount of time in this distance equates out to about a five-minute pace, a 5.07 pace for every mile for 31.1 miles. That's hard to wrap my head around because I can barely run one five-minute mile. So this isn't the only major accomplishment that CJ has done in his life. Earlier this year, CJ came in 10th place at the Boston Marathon, which is very respectable. And he also holds the world record for the indoor marathon, which is pretty impressive. So uh, bravo, CJ Albertson. I'm pretty impressed by this whole thing. And with the running news out of the way, let's dive right into the fitness tech and GPS watch news. That's probably what you came here for. We've got a few topics today. Uh, there was, I think it's a Taiwanese uh, retail website had posted something about a Garmin Instinct crossover some sort of hybrid Garmin Instinct. There wasn't a ton of details, but the website did show that there would be a black version, a tactical version, and a graphite version in terms of color options. And it looked like it had this, this website, this leaked website, showed that the Instinct hybrid crossover, whatever it's called, would have some Tactic 7 type features like stealth mode. So... Not a lot of detail, don't know what the heck it is, uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning because it appears that something, some kind of new instinct is, uh, uh, you know, could be coming. We don't really know what it is, any details about it. Garmin hasn't told me anything, obviously, and if they did tell me something, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but this was just an observation of a leak I noticed on the internet, so take that for what it's worth. Next up in Garmin news, there is the newly announced... Garmin Mark series, uh, generation two. So if you don't know what the Garmin Mark is, it's basically the best watch Garmin makes. I mean, figurative, not figurative. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess the most expensive watch they make. So by proxy, it makes it the best watch. Uh, the Garmin Mark comes in several different versions. 
There's one called The Adventurer for sort of like climbers, expeditions, and hikers and things like that. Then there's the uh, Mark Athlete, which is designed for runners and triathletes and things like that. The Aviator, which is for pilots. The Golfer, which obviously is for golfers. And then finally is the Captain, which is the marine version for people who have boats, I guess. Um, So what's special about the Mark? Well, it's made out of grade 5 titanium, which apparently is much harder than the standard titanium that Garmin uses in their Phoenix line and Epix line. Um, what's interesting about that is if you look at a brand like Coros, they, their, their Coros Vertex 2 uh, is also made out of grade 5 titanium, and that watch is much cheaper than these uh, Garmin Mark series watches. So take that for what it's worth. I don't know if, I don't know if they're upcharging this or not. I don't know what these materials cost. But it is a very high-grade titanium, so it should be more scratch-resistant and things like that. Another thing about the Mark series is they're basically a Garmin Epix, so like a, a Phoenix 7 body at 46 millimeters in diameter. But the difference here is that if you have a Garmin Phoenix 7 or Epix, the body of the watch is actually made out of plastic, while the top and bottom of the case that kind of sandwich it all together are the metal bits. So on the Garmin Phoenix 7, for example, the middle like Oreo cookie stuffing part is the plastic part, and then the Oreo cookie top and bottom would be the metal or titanium part. That was a good analogy, right? So the difference on the Garmin Mark series is the entire body is made out of titanium. So it's all metal, which gives it a much more premium look to it. Uh, The bezel is much more detailed. It's also metal. The entire body's metal, metal, and then the buttons are also metal. And the buttons are these big, chunky, metal-like, I don't know, they're very, they're protruding out quite a bit, and they make the watch look very classy, I guess. Uh, And then another difference in terms of hardware is going to be the sapphire lens is domed instead of flat, like on the Phoenix 7 and Epix. Um, So overall, I mean, it's a really cool-looking watch. It's got a really unique uh, band system. So the bands are kind of pre-curved. They've got this like profile to them. And there's like a a big lever mechanism that unlocks them from the case of the watch. There's also a couple of new features. So there's a new charger, which I'm not sure I'm a fan of. On the Garmin Phoenix and Epix and basically every Forerunner and Venue, they all share the the same exact charging cable. And it's this little three pogo pin prong... That was a lot of P's uh, cable that just plugs into the back of the watch. It's the same cable across the board. Every single watch has the same cable, which makes it great because you can hop on Amazon or whatever and buy a third-party cable or a pack of three or a pack of five for just a few bucks. And like in my situation, my wife has a Garmin Phoenix uh, 6. I've got the uh, 955 on my wrist right now. And so if we go on a trip, we only need one charging cable to share between multiple watches, which is great. But this new Mark series has a different charging cable that's magnetic with four pins, and it's totally different than the Phoenix or the older Garmin cables, so they're not compatible at all. I'm a little bit worried that Garmin, this is like a little uh, early introduction of the new charging mechanism or charging cable, in that they're going to change it on everything else moving down the road. I'm not really sure what's going on. If this is just exclusive to the Mark series, uh, it could be one or the other. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, another new feature on the Mark series is a new jet, jet lag function. <laughs> so it basically like ties in with body battery and your sleep tracking to try to let you know how jet lagged you are if you're somebody who travels a lot. And you would be traveling a lot if you can afford one of these watches because they range from $1,900 USD up to $2,400 here in the United States, which is crazy money, $2,400 for a watch. I mean, what are we talking, Omega Rolex here? This is a digital smartwatch for almost $2,500. That is just a ton of money. You could buy two and a half Epix Gen 2 Sapphires for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the pricing is about here. They do look really cool, but I guess my battle with the Mark series is if you spend $2,500 on a watch, it should be like a lifetime watch. It should be like a an Omega or a Rolex that you're going to pass down to your children and they're going to pass it down to their kids, etc. So I, you know, with a Garmin, I don't know if that'll happen because three years from now, they'll probably stop adding new features to it. It may get dropped, you know, it's not going to get new firmware. It'll probably still work. 10 years from now, the battery will be degraded. Uh, it's just not a lifetime watch. So it's a lot of money for something yeah, I don't know. I just, it pains me to see that price tag, but I get it. It's just like Garmin saying, here's the best thing we can make and kind of flexing their manufacturing muscle. And if you're into that, it might be worth the money. Next up in the news is something that's kind of exciting. So Suunto announced the new Suunto 9 Peak Pro. And if you've been following my podcast, I, I talked about this rumored like a month ago and it's finally here. It's available. You can pre-order it now. And uh, it looks like I'm going to get one pretty soon for testing. I'm pretty excited about that. So the Suunto 9 Peak Pro, here's the lowdown. There are six colors av available for this. Uh, they come in two different versions. There's a steel version for $549. And then there's a titanium version for $699. And both of those versions have uh, sapphire glass lens. So they're very durable and they're made out of, out of premium materials. So the big deal about the Suunto 9 Peak Pro is from the outside, it looks very much like the Suunto 9 Peak that's been around for over a year now. But the internals have been totally revamped to make it more modern in a very good way that was much needed. So the first thing they changed was they added a new CPU or processor to increase how fast the watch, you know, the, how responsive it is, how easy it is to get through the menus, starting and stopping activities, restarting the watch. Everything is just faster with this new CPU. Uh, another thing they changed is the user interface as a whole. They kind of revamped how the whole thing looks and works. They made the font larger so it's easier to see. And a big one is they improved the battery life. So the older Suunto 9 Peak was okay in terms of battery life, but it was nothing to write, write home about. Now we're getting up to 40 hours in a GPS activity with full accuracy, that's pretty solid. And if you want to reduce your accuracy a little bit, you can get up to 70 hours uh, in the touring mode, I think they call, call it. And then you can get even more battery by going into the battery saver mode at up to 100 hours. So those, you know, those more battery saver oriented modes are going to reduce your accuracy to get longer battery life. But with full accuracy, you're getting up to 40 hours, which is pretty solid. They also added fast charging from 0 to 100% in one hour. 
And in 10 minutes of charging, it'll get you two hours of GPS activity. So if you're like heading out for a hike and realize your watch is almost dead, you can plug it in for 10 minutes and finish your hike. You know, you get two, two hours of hiking in that 10 minutes of charging. Uh, this watch also has 21 days of smartwatch battery life, which is pretty good for a watch of this size because if you know what the 9P Pro looks like, it's pretty small. It's not a huge watch. So these battery specs are pretty respectable. Um, and then other than other than that, it's basically the same as the Suunto 9P in terms, terms of sport modes and navigation and things like that, except it seems like they did tweak the GPS chip inside the watch. Uh, my friend Ray over at DC Rainmaker has one. He hasn't posted a video about it, but he did post an article about it. And he talks about the updated uh, GNSS chip. And apparently it's much better. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to be getting one soon. I'll be doing lots of testing and comparisons. But I am I am hopeful that this is a good watch from Suunto because it's been a while. You know, they've got the Suunto 9 series that's been what? That's going to be like five years, four years old now. And uh, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth in terms of, you know, modern day watches. They're, they're, there's so much competition out there. And with companies like Coros that are moving so fast, it's kind of sad to see Suunto kind of drift off into the darkness. Uh, so hopefully this is some indication of what we're going to see from Suunto. Hopefully this is like a little, uh, you know, forward a little future view of of what's coming down the road and maybe a Suunto 10 or something is around the corner but this is a this is a welcome addition and i'm looking forward to testing it out final topic today is going to be the amazfit falcon the amazfit falcon was rumored uh, i think i talked about in the last podcast episode if you don't know who amazfit is it's a brand that makes they they've been known for their relatively inexpensive watches that have a ton of features in a really nice OLED display. For instance, I've been testing the Amazfit GTR4. I've got a video coming soon about that. And this watch is like 200 bucks, and it's full-featured, great display, really nice user interface. Uh, the app on your phone is actually really good. Connectivity is great. And even, you know, taking it for runs and stuff, I actually really like it. it you know, it's kind of a spoiler to my review, but generally for $200, you're getting a lot. The Amazfit Falcon is kind of off-brand for Amazfit because they they went on the other side of the spectrum and made a really high-end watch. The Amazfit Falcon has a premium build with a titanium case and a sapphire glass lens, so it's right in line with something like the Garmin Phoenix or the Chorus Vertex 2 in terms of build quality. Metal buttons, metal bezel, uh, made out of titanium, really premium materials, and it's waterproof to 200 meters, which is actually way more than any of the competition, except for Coros. I think the Ver Vertex 2 is, or the Vertex 1 maybe, is 200, 200 meters. But it's pretty rare in the landscape of sport watches to have a waterproof rating of 200 meters. It's also got like some crazy specs for hot and cold weather and, um, you know, shock and dust resistance. It's got all those mil specs in there. And this watch is also dual-band GNSS enabled, which is also pretty rare this day and age. Uh, that's something like the Apple Watch Ultra has that new GPS chip. The Garmin Phoenix 7 is dual-band. And these watches are incredibly accurate in terms of recording a track when you're out on a run or a ride. 
So it will be interesting to see how the Amazfit Falcon stands up. The difference here is the Amazfit Falcon is AMOLED. It's got an AMOLED touch-enabled display. And the kicker on this one is even though it has an AMOLED display and all of these features, it still gets two weeks of battery life, which is pretty similar to something like the Garmin Epix Gen 2. That's kind of a lot because this one is priced much lower. It also has external sensor support, unlike some other Amazfits, which was kind of a bummer to me. It's got a new Zep Coach thing that's like giving you suggested workouts. And it can also navigate a GPX route that you create and upload to the watch. It'll help you navigate that using breadcrumb mapping. So this is a full-featured sport watch. Really impressive specs on paper. And the battery life is quite good as well. So we're looking at, at like two weeks in smartwatch mode, like I said. But you can also get up to 21 hours with dual-band GPS and up to 38 hours in all systems or balanced mode and up to 50 hours in GPS mode with GPS only in a power savings mode. I don't know what kind of reduced accuracy you will get in that power savings mode, but 50 hours is quite a bit. So this watch is coming in at $499. And I know what you're saying. I mean, that's that's not cheap. That's a lot of money, but... When you're looking at these specs, almost all of them relate to like the Garmin Epix Gen 2. AMOLED, premium build quality, uh, water resistant to 200 meters, uh, all these things, 500 bucks. The Garmin Epix Gen 2 is a thousand bucks. So we're talking half the price here for a very similar set of features. Now, will this watch be worth it? I, I don't really know. We're going to have to wait and see. The funny thing is, I just went on Amazon today and I tried to buy one for testing. And it wouldn't allow me to buy it. I don't know why, but it told me that they couldn't ship it to my house. Uh, I tried different, I tried different addresses like my office, my house, my neighbor's house. It wouldn't ship anywhere in my region. So I don't know what's going on there, but there's there's definitely something going on. Uh, hopefully, I can get my hands on one soon and test it out and circle back on that. So stay tuned to the YouTube channel for an updated review coming soon. Okay, I'm going to keep this podcast pretty short this week, but uh, this is one area where I want to hear from you. What do you want to hear on this podcast down the road? Do you want to hear continued news updates like this episode? Do you want to hear more about personal things in my life? Or do you want to hear from guests or co-hosts, things like that? I want to actively keep trying to improve this podcast to make it more exciting and keep it fresh. So let me know drop a link or drop a DM on Instagram to me. Shoot me an email through chasethesummit.com slash contact. Just let me know how I'm doing because I would love to hear from you. On that note, I'm going to wrap up this episode because honestly, my throat is bugging me and uh, I I just don't want to talk anymore. (laughs) Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast and you thought it was worthwhile to listen to, I would really appreciate it if you dropped into Spotify or Apple Podcasts and gave me a five-star rating over there. It really means a lot. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it actually means anything or helps my podcast, but seeing people enjoy this and actually, uh, you know, it's a little rewarding to to see the numbers go up. So if you, if you have two seconds of your time, give me a five star rating over there and maybe leave me a comment on Apple Podcasts, letting me know what you enjoy about this podcast. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. One more shout out to the merch store over at chasethesummit.com slash shop. Use discount code LISTEN10 at checkout for 10% off your order. And that's really it, folks. 
Uh, I've got a lot coming up on YouTube next week, so make sure to stay tuned to the channel over there. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button somewhere on your screen right now. I apologize for the short episode this week, but my voice is toast, so it is what it is. Next week, I'll be back on the podcast with a much longer episode, and I'll see you then. Okay, folks, bye. Bye.